Hey, Kev, it's time to record a new Smodcast. Fuck off. I'm listening to one of the other great shows on the Smodcast Podcast Network. Scott? There's so many to choose from. You damn skip it. There's so many to choose from. I'm on five every week myself, man. Uh, Hollywood Babylon on Monday. Smodcast with you on Tuesday. Jane, Silent Bob, Get Old on Wednesday with Jay Muse. Fat Man on Batman every Thursday. And then I wrap up the week with Edumacation with Andy McElfrish. There's so many to choose from. Hell yeah, son. And those aren't the only podcasts. Those are just the ones I'm involved with. What about the podcasts of Smodco that don't feature me, man? Like Tell Em Steve Dave. Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. I Sell Comics with Ming and Mike. There's so many to choose from. Hey, man, there's also Film School Fridays or NetHeads or Get Up on This, Team Jack. There's so many to choose from. The Breaks, man, Waking from the American Dream, Bagged and Boarded, Phoebe, Soundbite Nation. These are all the shows you could be listening to over at Smodcast.com, Scott. There's so many to choose from. And if audio's not enough for you, man, if you're just like, no, I want the thick dick of video as well, man, we can go to our YouTube channel, which is C-Smod, or you can watch Comic Book Men, our show on AMC, following The Walking Dead and The Talking Dead every Sunday. Sunday night. There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. So get choosing, kids. Go to smodcast.com. Start getting picky, man. Stick these sweet, sweet oral sounds into your ear pussies. There's so many to choose from. You said that already. There's so many to choose from. And welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I told you I'm podcasting again. I don't lie. I lie most <laughs> of the time. But, uh, I'm Matt Cohen, and I am joined this week by my dog, as always. Uh, AV Club voted him most annoying dog in podcasts. Thank you. I wish they really did. I would rock that. That would like, be awesome. I actually thought like it would happen. a badge of honor. Um, welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I am joined by first-time guest, but longish time friend david blue hello everyone what's up man hello internet uh and you fikes you fikes see i podcast i podcast so little now i forgot (laughs) how to use words um you folks might know david from a bunch of stuff uh you were on ugly betty Mm -hmm. for quite a while you were on one of the stargate programs yep which program was it i was on stargate universe but i have to give you credit for actually saying that because most people it's funny, I don't know, they have this like this block in their brain. They're like, this is my friend David, he was on Battlestar. I'm like, nope, different sci-fi oh, I show. Because I've seen Battlestar. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, I, no, I actually, uh, I love the Stargate movie. There, how many shows did they make after the movie? Three. They did the Stargate movie, then they did Stargate SG-1, which is hilarious, because it just means Stargate, Stargate 1. Uh, okay. Then they did Atlantis, and then Us, Universe. And you were SGU. SGU, yes. Which Stargate is the Universe. one I've heard of the most. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, it was a weird thing. I mean, I loved it. I loved all the Stargates. I actually watched them all um, before. Did you like the movie? I loved the I movie. I remember vividly, I saw the movie in uh, Comac, Long Island, and the nice. reason I went, I went with my parents on the day it opened, and it was I was in fourth grade or fifth grade, oh, I wow. want to say, and uh, I was not invited to Marissa Carmen's party. <laughs> 
I'll forever remember this. She had like a party at her house where everyone was dancing, and her dad sold trophies for a living, so everyone got a fucking trophy. Oh. And I was really upset. That's so, bullshit. So instead, we went to Stargate, and that was like the first time in my life where I was like, oh, geek shit is way better than being social. Like, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't get invited to that party. I feel party. like that's the origin story of most nerds. Because Stargate was fucking awesome. It was great. And it, actually, my girlfriend at the time, because when I moved up to Vancouver to start filming, had never seen Stargate. And I remember we were in, like, Seattle, uh, and I, I found a video store to find the Stargate movie to buy and show her in one of our hotel rooms. It's a good movie. I liked Stargate so much that I remember... So let's say I saw it in fifth grade. In mm-hmm. sixth grade, we had a project in social studies. I think it was social, social studies. studies. wow. Where you had to build a historical board game. Nice. And I built a game called The Eye of Ra. Nice. And it had like a light up light bulb on a pyramid in the middle if you <laughs> landed on a certain space. It was, Damn, I, dude. That's was, pretty impressive. It was legit, man. Yeah. I was good at projects. Damn. Fifth grade? I don't think I could have done that. Until about seventh grade, and then I, that all went downhill. <laughs> um, we grew up in a, we grew up in kind of the same place. Where are you from originally? I was born. Well, yeah, exactly. Stop it. I was born in Long Island. Uh, well, I, technically, I think I was born in like Mount Sinai Hospital or something. But um, I grew up in Quorum, which is near Smithtown. It's a tiny, tiny little place. I know it because we played them in football. Nice. I'm assuming you guys won. No, really, dude. I'm from. I am from the. And I'm gonna get stereotypical here. Most small Jewish kid of high schools. Like, we lost every game we ever played in the three years I played football, and we never scored a single point. Oh, God. That's how bad our football team was. Our lacrosse team was awesome. Soccer. You had a lacrosse team right there. Come yeah, on. Was on. You were in a, nice, were in a nicer yeah, yeah. area than exactly. we were. <laughs> no, when we went to play Corum, it was like, we'd A, none of us had ever heard of the town, so it was like driving on an hour into the woods. Mm-hmm. It felt like the, the, the one of those horror movies yeah well or it's like weird people, like the crazies or something where the people like break into your house oh oh uh strangers straw dogs Str- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like those that. are good movies you know i it's funny because like i guess it's one of those things growing up like when you go back and visit your parents house you remember the kitchen like the kitchen's smaller you're like did you shrink this yeah, yeah. Well, that's how the city felt to me like quorum to me was this big place but i lived there until when i was a kid and i went back and visited like a couple years ago and i was like is this city just four blocks exactly. like it's tiny yeah. Where did you move after uh, Long Island? Uh, my parents, much like most uh, uh, Jewish couples, once they get to a certain age, moved to Florida. Okay. So we moved my to Clearwater, Florida. My parents are just there now, actually. Where in Florida? Uh, Boca. They moved to Boca? Uh, half and half. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my parents, most of my uh, family at the time was living in Florida, and we moved down there. Now it's kind of split. Some of them moved back to New York, and the rest are scattered about so you grew up in Florida. Yeah, it's it's really hard when people ask me where I'm from, because when I get off the plane in New York, I feel like I'm home, whereas I don't like Florida. No offense, Florida, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no one likes Florida. Um, it's hot. What do I call it? The place where sadness and date rape was invented. <laughs> I call it's it where uh, old people go to get older. <laughs> it's just really oppressive. <laughs> Every, everything, like politically, temperature-wise. There are people Traffic-wise. Like, yeah, it's... It, well, it's funny. Before moving to LA, I thought the traffic in Orlando, where I went to college, was terrible, and now I live here, and I realize it was nothing. But, but even still, like I went to Boca for Thanksgiving, and there's fucking traffic in like yeah. Fort Lauderdale and Delray Beach, and you're mm-hmm. like, why are there even people here? Let alone enough to be traffic. Well, I went to college in Orlando, which is a tourist town because of Disney and Universal. See, that would have been fun though. Did you go to Disney a lot? No, it's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where if like you live in New York, you don't go to the Statue of Liberty. You know, like I've never been to the Statue of exactly. Liberty. Exactly. Yeah. I had a lot of friends who worked at Disney, so we'd go a couple. I think in my whole four years of going to college there i probably went to disney like twice um like once for y2k with a girlfriend and then once because to see a friend perform 
But the traffic is bad because you're in a tourist area. And I still feel guilty about this. My parents lived in Clearwater, Tampa area, which is an hour and a half drive. Clearwater is the Scientology place, right? Uh, ish. That, that's more St. Pete. Don't okay. even St. Pete. But yeah, downtown Clearwater, downtown St. Pete. If you go anytime, you'll see nothing but science. My mom worked at a hospital there. And anytime I would be going to visit her at the hospital, it was just Scientologists everywhere. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just recently found out that for those who don't know, like... Though they're kind of based, they're not even based in LA. That's just the celebrity arm of it. They're yeah, based in Florida. But that's the publicity part of yeah, it. Yeah. So everyone associates Scientology with, with LA and stuff, but they're actually based in. Yeah. It was started by Elrond there, like in St. Yeah. Pete downtown. Like it's really. A giant. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to talk bad about him because I, I mean, whether or not I agree with it. Um, but when you drive around, it's crazy because you see like kids and adults in that uniform, like the blue button down and the knee, the dark uh, pants. Mutual friend of ours and, and guest on the last two episodes begged aborted sean mm-hmm. adi pasquale lives i want to say like 10 feet from the celebrity scientology center in really? Hollywood. so there's always scientology guards like patrolling yeah. around and it's a uh they have a production company do you know about this yeah that they, they make, make in-house the, movies the and stuff in the in-house movies yeah. Yeah, yeah um and it's a real big draw for actors when you're when you're first moving uh, living in la and you're not making any money to try to do them did you go out for, i oh this is a great i auditioned for podcast <laughs> i watched this like completely ruins me as a person um, <laughs> like ah oh, we hate him now uh, i i auditioned for two the first one i auditioned for creeped me out so i was like i'm never doing this again what was it it was just like this happened both times that I did it, where I would go in to audition for, like, Tennis Pro, and they would be like, that was great, that hey, was now, great. N- now take your shirt off. Well, no, no, that, <laughs> I probably would have done that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, my dog, yeah, my dog would be yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, but they would be like, that's great, that's great. You know what? We also want you to look at this role, and it would always be something to do with the religion. And it was every time I went, I realized they were kind of... They were, there me. was no tennis pro role. It was it was a little odd, but it paid well. It was like three hundred bucks, and like when you're waiting tables in L.A. and trying to make ends meet, that that helps. No, I'm sure. Is that what you did? So you you uh, moved from Long Island to Florida, yep. went to high school there, went to college there. Yep. Always wanted to be an actor. I always acted. I I was always like I've been in production since second grade and was always in chorus and shit. Were you that kid? I was that kid. But I mean, like, I was weird. As I get older, I'm progressively friends with a lot more of those kids. Because LA is populated. I guess so, yeah. But it's a it's a weird thing. Like I for me, I was that guy who wasn't quote unquote popular. But I knew everyone because, like, I was in the literary magazine and drama, and I was also in chorus. But I also knew the sports guys. So uh, I was a drama nerd, but not like. The guy who was like, yes, all the time, you know? Was like, there that drama nerd? There's always that drama nerd. The only God drama nerds I knew were very loud and, like, flighty. I think, <laughs> I think there's a bunch. A lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of, like, um, show tunes in the cafeteria and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a, the International Thespian Society where, uh, at, at our school, I don't know if they still do it, you had to be a, a certain character for a whole day. And so everyone else at the high school is watching us dressed up as like characters from movies and and musicals. It's a it's a wonder anybody had I'm a have date. To remove my dog's uh, vocal cords. See now <laughs> that sounds cool to me. I'm not gonna lie. Like everything that I thought was like, oh man, I'm not because in high school I, I I wasn't really the popular guy either, but I was definitely stoned a lot, <laughs> and I definitely did not give a shit. Like I yeah. don't have a single picture in any four years of my high school yearbook. Really? Because I just wasn't pay- I wasn't there when they made the announcements because I was cutting and smoking pot. <laughs> So, like, if you look at our senior yearbook, the, everyone who's on the camera shy caption, mm-hmm. I was literally smoking a blunt with nice. that day. I remember. It was just like, oh, fuck, we missed it. Um, 
I don't know why. I think our our school was uh, our drama club was very very actor drama heavy. Like we hung out with each other, but it was the same people were in chorus and I band did, and other stuff. I did. Um, you had to be in chorus or band where I'm from up until like middle school. You yeah. had to be. So yeah. I was in that, and then in middle school, I also did two shows. Because I liked a girl who was in this show. Oh yeah, that yeah. How many and, actor stories have started that way? And but mine ended that way too because <laughs> she hooked up with someone else, and I was like, oh great, now I'm in Anything Goes, and I'm dressed as a fucking sailor. <laughs> oh, Anything Goes. I, I had one line in times. it. Certainly, lo- certainly cute enough to be an angel. That well, was, it was weird. That was my line. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh god. And then I was in a show about like uh. Sherlock Holmes and the fan- Sherlock Holmes meets the Phantom of the Opera. That it it wasn't a musical; it was a straight play, and I played like a hip hop guy, which of was course, as you would, which was racist code for like ethnic. <laughs> oh. like, I had to wear like a FUBU jacket, and oh, like you know God. what I mean. Yeah, uh, we didn't have a. That was my show experience. Uh, it it's a, it was a weird thing because I, I never felt uncool because I felt like I knew a lot of people, but like we were the ones playing Magic the Gathering at lunch, you know. See, I wish I like I it, it's weird, and I'm spoken about this on the show, but though I've always been into the stuff I've been into, I like I in high school I didn't read comics, mm-hmm. I wasn't really into into geeky stuff, I was really into film a lot. Yeah, that was the big thing. Um, and when I was younger, I was way into comics, but uh, I just I wasn't I I now wish. That I did more stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like more of the nerdy different different things? More of the stuff that would have not even helped me for who I would have been when I'm older, but at least been in, in tune with who I am when yeah, I'm Yeah, but older. how the hell would you know what you're gonna end up being? It's that's the thing, exactly. Like I, I was a I I mean hell, when I was in in high school, I was running a bulletin board system. I was on my computer a lot. A lot of movies and TV shows. I, I liked Magic the Gathering. I didn't really collect comics, but I read the occasional one. If you had told me, I thought about this before. If I could go back in time and tell that me, like, you're going to end up being on television and in movies, I would not have believed you. Of course not. Dude, I have a similar experience. And, and mine's a little weirder because there's that nice pot haze thrown in there. But I was, <laughs> I, I remember being, like, 16 years old, not really knowing what I was doing, but being, like, a big stoner and kevin smith fan on like his message mm-hmm. board and then like a few years later i was here yeah and oh, i that's don't i'm crazy. not really sure how that inter- but that's the so that's, you know what i, I mean? love that part though like the yeah. first time i met lou diamond phillips all i could think was like stand and deliver and young guns and if you would have told me that i would be at his house and he'd be cooking me dinner i would never have yeah, believed and, you. and it never gets not surreal like and i don't know if i've ever actually told my perspective of this story maybe on that last episode from the Smodcastle on Smodcast, but like we're literally on Kevin Smith's network right now. That's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I grew up like that was my idol. And all of a sudden, uh, 10 years later, and like, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's surreal. So I never knew specifically what I wanted to do. I was kind of just floating. The only thing I would change in retrospect, and my parents, not that they agree with me, but they kind of, they know that like I, school wasn't for me. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really go to college. I would have dropped out of high school, got my GED, and started UCB at like 16. Really? Because I started at like 22, and that's what jump-started everything for me in really? terms of comedy. And yeah, UCB in New York changed my life. Oh, yeah, I can imagine so that. So I would have done it way earlier. Wow. Because I would have got it on the ground they, when floor. When did they start that? What year did they start They that? started classes in like 99. That's crazy to me. It feels and like I, it and I started forever. in like 2003. So I, if I had got it in that first wave... You could be like friends with Amy Poehler. Everyone and, in that uh, yeah. first wave is on fucking television right yeah, now. Yeah, it's you know really what I mean, kind dude? of nuts. And, and, and I remember looking at class signups and being like, oh, I'm too young. Like, that's intimidating. I take a train to the city and do improv. 
and and I never did it. So that's the one regret, kind of. Well, yeah, I feel that same way about even in moving to L.A. You know, like I went to college and I spent some time doing a lot of theater and I, I loved it. But there's a part of me that's like, if I moved here earlier, would things have totally, dude? Yeah, been yeah, yeah different. Yeah. You know, would you be like Seth right now, who did commercials and television his whole life? Exactly. You know, and you can't and you can't be upset because I'm look, I'm way happy with where my life is, but it's just those weird little, do you know what I mean? Sliding doors. Hey, Helmut. I didn't even up. move, and he started barking at me. Maybe that's why he's barking. Because I'm just not moving enough. He's, he's weird. He does this thing, and especially with guests over, like, um, don't pet him, because it'll start the whole road, <laughs> but if you pet him, he'll be totally cool. The second you stop petting him, he barks until you pet him again. So I've had people It's like come, most actors. I've had people come over <laughs> to do the podcast and, and accidentally wrangle them into petting my dog for an hour. Nice. Which is <laughs> nice for him, but... Oh. Uh, so you you so you you were a drama guy. You always knew you wanted to be an actor. Well, no, I always acted. It wasn't, and, and never in a million years would I have considered back then doing it for a living. It was just something I enjoyed doing. What did you think you were going to wind up doing for a living? My whole family. My dad was into computers, even in the Navy. He worked with computers, and later on, when I was growing up, he like worked. He managed a Radio Shack and stuff, and and I was always good at computers. So I thought I would just end up doing computers. Um, well, when I was really young, I wanted to be an astronaut, so I went to space camp. But uh, I just kind you of found the video of recently. I recently, right? my yeah. parents, I thought it was lost forever, but they found it when they visited a couple That's of months awesome. ago. Is it, it online or anything? Uh, no, I have it. I have it on VHS. I want to convert it to you DVD. Should convert it, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it, put on, it's put a on lot the of kids there, though. It's not like all me. It's like little moments of fat. Blur David. all the other faces. <laughs> I want to kind of find Make out the their names and Google them. Home video of all time, just <laughs> David at anyone Space who's Camp. not you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. It wasn't until college, actually. I was supposed to go for computer science uh, to a school, uh, to a couple schools, and at the last minute, like literally at the last minute, I lost my security deposit and decided to give acting a try as a career. And uh, it was a double major for a while in that, and then it just dropped the computers and kind of just kept acting. Even then, I would have thought theater. I, I loved television and movies, but I never considered somebody who would... Mo- mo- would you ever think you would wind up living in L.A.? No, because even when I was debating doing it, uh, you know, everyone in my college, great performers, but it was kind of like you move to New York, that's what you do. Or you do, you know, cruise ships or regional theater. Uh, very Either move to New York or cruise, or cruise ships. Or Disney, you know, work at Disney yeah. forever and get great health insurance. Um, I know people who work at Disney currently. Like, oh, yeah. Especially living this close to Disneyland, you always meet people who are like, yeah, I'm Jasmine. Yeah. You know or or I mean? just people you know who work on the the jungle boat ride. It's yeah, totally. it's got insurance and there's a union and like yeah. it's good money. Um, but like for a year after I graduated, I did an apprenticeship at Actors Theater of Louisville, and I, I moved back to Orlando and I didn't know where to go. Kentucky. Um, yeah. How was that? It was. I'd never been to Kentucky, but it was fun. I've still never been. The yeah. theater's great. The people are great. It was kind of this weird ragtag. There were eight of us, and we all lived in the same apartment building, and none of us were from there. And uh, so it was like the real world, but not filmed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, once a week we'd get together and drink in one of our rooms. And it's funny enough, a lot of them have moved on to either be theater teachers or do completely different things, except for one of them, Casey Rose Wilson, who's who on, on SNL, on SNL, yeah. happy endings. Like, it's weird uh, to me to comedy think that bang, bang. Yeah. As of recently. And now yeah, just yeah. sold like a couple of different things. Like she's doing really well. Yeah, totally. Man. She's um, funny too. Um, that's super funny. So she, she was in your little yep. theater group. Yeah. It's isn't theater. Uh, see, and again, I'm not into that world, but it seems like if people who are into theater are in, that is what they want to do. It's theater. They don't usually have aspirations of like 
TV or movies. And in fact, I know yeah. in the New York theater community, isn't isn't it like really kind of selling out if you move to Not LA? anymore. No? Not anymore. It, it was. like now was, everyone's got to get paid. <laughs> that was my big problem when I was debating moving. Uh, I spent probably seven months bartending in Orlando and not sure if I wanted to move to New York or L.A., um, because no one really moved to LA from Orlando. It wasn't a thing you did, really. A couple people had done it. Um, and it, the first few times I visited New York, people really looked down on television and film, you know, even commercials, not really. But you go back there now, I mean, that's everyone wants to do that. I think people need to eat now. People need to eat, yeah. and I love theater, and I miss doing theater, but even if you're on Broadway in a lead role, you're paying your bills. That's it. Whereas, you know, if you if you do a TV or a film spot regularly, you can at least start saving some money. Yeah, totally. LA doesn't really have any theater community at all, right? It's funny. We were just I just went to a, a friend of mine, Kevin Daniels, um, who is a big theater guy, he taught at CalArts. He is now the one of the leads of uh Dennis Leary's new show on okay. USA, Siren. So he will be a big name soon. Um he had a birthday last night and we were talking about this. When I first moved to LA I heard the theater community wasn't big out here, and I kind of had this, I'm going to revitalize it myself. I'm going to produce plays. And I did a few, and it was depressing. You I couldn't get a, anyone a to come out. Santa Monica? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a, a well, that's where Smod, Smodcastle was in Theater Row. So oh, was it where? Uh, at the Complex. Not, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, uh, I did a play at Elephant Asylum. I, th I don't know if that's still there, but I, I think, think it's it right very, across the street. Right across the street, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it's depressing down there. It, it was. It, I... I well, got for those burnt of you, out. For those of you who don't know, it's depressing, A, because it's not really a vibrant community in terms of, like, you just don't see a lot of people going to theaters. It's also no. depressing because Theater Row happens to be in the worst fucking neighborhood in yeah. the world. I don't know why they don't move it to Hollywood. We were talking about that it, last night. Like, why is it... It's it's the it's really trafficy and it's just little tiny theaters. And there's no parking anywhere. No. Oh God, parking! Give me a break. And and there's a lot of uh, transient activity yes. to put it nice. But it doesn't make sense to me because a lot of there are there's terrible people everywhere. But there's a lot of great actors and writers and directors sure. in would, LA. Uh, Why isn't there good theater? That is it is a strange question. I wonder if there was at one point. I hear it's get. This is the argument we had last night. I was complaining that I kind of gave up on it because it was just it was too hard everything was either a showcase in disguise or it was people who really didn't want to do theater for theater they just wanted to get noticed by a casting totally. person but they say supposedly it's changing over the past year or two it's starting to like revitalize well there's a lot of like group i think the group the, like those equity players and shit like that mm -hmm. where like with celebrities have like little groups and stuff like yeah. that are, are, are the good theater i guess i don't I know i guess i don't know but i see you know i have friends who are doing great theater in new york right now like last menagerie and stuff but Every time I go back to New York, I'm amazed by how many huge shows are just stunt casting. You know, people that shouldn't be. When I went there, like, it was Chicago with, like, Ashley Simpson. And My parents Nelly. once took me to saw Miss Saigon, and it was Alec Baldwin, and I think Kim Basinger. It was real. No, maybe was it, was like street, maybe it was Streetcar. <laughs> it was really bad. It was like early nineties. It's 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 hard. I mean, I love theater, and I'm de I'm depressed to admit that I don't see it very often out here. And when I do, it's like something at the taper with but, like Gandolfini. Speaking, of, that's a weird segue, or not a weird segue, a good segue. It's look a at segue. look at me discrediting myself. Um, <laughs> the stunt casting thing do, seems to permeate to almost all aspects of entertainment now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and, and I love him, but like, look at even commercials. Like, why is Bill Hader doing fucking phone commercials? And James Earl Jones and Malcolm McDowell doing exactly. A sprint commercial. And yeah. the Bill Hader thing is genius because they're do, they're airing them during SNL. Nice. So. They think it's part of it, and you can't, you stay tuned. It's what happened. It happened to me. I was like, holy shit, Bill Hader's in this episode. Then I was like, wait a minute, it's a fucking Sprint commercial. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, James Earl Jones. How depressing is that? When the, fir- the but, first time you saw it, they're funny. They were funny. They they're were well funny. done. But you know what it is? Get... I hate to say that it's a sim- it's a it's a sign of the symptom of the problem right now, because of you know I, I supported the strike wholeheartedly. I was there with them, but because of the strike and then the economy and all these other reasons and internet and whatever, uh, the middle class actor is gone. Like the upper class actor in order to pay their mortgages has to take smaller jobs. But so now the people who are taking those middle of the line jobs have to take the lower part. Smaller jobs, like yeah. you're really, everyone's being pushed down a little bit. So you have, when you go to an audition for commercial and you know, it's like, Oh, sorry, this series regular from a show. Got it. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, yeah. like it's it's hard. It's kind of weird to make a living nowadays in general. It, and it started. I mean, look, even a- animation is a big uh, victim of this, and that started years ago. Where just like when I was, I couldn't tell you who were the voice actors in my favorite yeah. movies as a kid. Like I have fucking no idea. And then Kung Fu Panda comes about, and it's like Angelina Jolie. Shark Tale, I remember, was the first one where it was like every speaking role was a celebrity. Yeah. And now you see the poster for like, um. And and this isn't a discredit at all because I love the guy, but like there's I just saw a poster for the American adaptation of the new studio of a Studio Ghibli film mm-hmm. up on Poppy Hill. My friend Charlie Saxton is in it, but there are thirty names on the cover. Yeah, and it's like those people those aren't all main characters. Like none of those people would be credited was were this a live action film. So the the draw is supposed to be like you know those people you see on TV. Now you get to hear them and not see them. But I think that's the weird thing about about the industry right now because I'm a I'm a consumer. I love television and movies and everything. Because there's so many options, it's hard to get people's attention on things. Yeah. So you kind of have to get a name that they recognize. It's like a celebrity. You walk into a place, and if you see someone that you've seen before, you're like, "Ooh, who is this person?" And that's the only way to get people's eyes on it anymore. What, what's your thought? And that's a really good topic because you you do all sorts of stuff. Like mm-hmm. like you've been on television. You just did a uh, a new movie, right? Yes, like an indie film. We finished filming most of it. We still have some more to do. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And then you, I know you have your own. You had your own podcast, or you yep. do have your own podcast. I no podcast on Geek Nation. You you let go a little dormant like mine. Yeah, it well, happens, guys. Yeah, it, it does. It's also hard. I for me because not only do we record in a studio, which is great, but it's hard to it, you need schedule. more time to get there yeah. and schedule people. And everyone we know is busy. But also, I booked. Thankfully, I booked a couple of things in a row, and I was busy shooting. So like, I I, I can't record this week because I'm it's doing understandable. this. But and, and I know you've done some web stuff before, and you were involved in, in uh, uh, Michelle Boyd's recent Kickstarter and stuff like that yeah. for a web series. What's the? Th- I, there is so much media out there now. Too much, I think. I remember growing up and being like, not even growing up. I remember like being like twenty three years old and buying a new DVD and watching it that day. Yeah. Or like when you bought a video game, you played it immediately. Mm-hmm. I have so many books. I have enough content in my apartment right now that I have not watched or read or played to last me until I die. Yeah, I find that with video games. I'll buy a video game and I'll play it for an hour and a half, feel lazy, put it away, and never pick it it's up just, again. I, I have a subscription to Netflix and Crunchyroll and Hulu. And Crunchyroll? It's, What's that? Uh, anime. Oh, okay. That's like, cool. uh, day and date. Like, trans- it's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, anime fans out there. But that's <laughs> what I mean. There used to be no options, and now it's, it's there too are many. forever options. It, the world is saturated, and I feel... It's hard, you know. I look at people like Felicia Day or, or Chris Hardwick or whatever who who invented something when they were new and they were able to get so many eyes on it. And I feel like now all we're doing is chasing the dragon a lot. Well, there there's the argument to be had that with with this oversaturation of media in general, the good stuff will find its audiences, and by that I mean its specific audiences. Yeah. So everyone's going to get a smaller piece of the pie. 
but it's going to be to their direct fan base. One would hope. But the problem, the, the problem that I'm seeing is like, let's say with web series, okay. you know, uh, when you made a, a good one to start off and you were the first one doing it, you could get like millions of eyes on it. Well, now the best you can do is thousands of eyes on because it. Because there are 50 billion There's fucking web many. series. You know, it, yeah. a, a good example is uh, Moonlight, which was a vampire show that I, I was recurring on it was with Alex O'Loughlin. And it was great and I loved it and it was fun. Um, when we got canceled, there was talk of moving it to another network. It was on CBS. And another network was thinking of picking it up. And had they picked it up, it would have been the highest rated show on that network. And they decided not to. They decided it wasn't worth it. And then nowadays, this was like, what, six years ago? Nowadays, something with that ratings would be a monster hit. Yeah. Because it used to be like 25 million was a good show. And now it's like, we have eight. Woohoo! Eight is, or 12 is the highest rated show on television. There's too many options. You know what I mean? Yeah. I watch... I DVR 50 shows uh, a week, and I'm I'm missing so many things that people are like, you have to watch. It's funny. I was thinking about it the other day. I was I was listening to another podcast, and a comedian was plugging. I think it was Eric Andre was plugging mm -hmm. his show on Adult Swim, and it was mm -hmm. like Thursday is at 12:30, and I was like, you almost don't need to tell people what day and no, time it airs it anymore. It's like just watch it on YouTube or find it on your fucking DVR. Yeah, that's true. I, it's so weird to me because I still remember. Having to be home because I wanted to watch the Cosby Show yes. final episode and missing shit, yeah, or programming or like in college programming my VCR so I could make sure to watch See, one of the episodes. And of like I Lost. was, I for some reason I was never savvy enough to do the program, the time programming, the VCR, so I'd have to be there to hit it. Oh, I, I would... was crazy, but I'm I'm like weirdly OCD. Make no, sure it's I, on the right I channel. Never got it, man. But it's um, it's so I feel lazy. If you ask me, some of my favorite shows, what day it's on. I don't think I could tell I have you. No idea. I just wait till I get home and see what the DVR. But that's recorded. every. That's just everything in general, too, in a large extent. Like, what's your best friend phone number? Oh, I wouldn't know. Not a fucking clue. In college, I don't know what area code. I used to really be proud of this. In college, I memorized everyone's phone numbers, and people would come to me and be like, "Hey, what's this guy's number?" And I would say it. I I, I don't know. Anyone's I dated phone a girl anymore. for four years, and she got mad at me in year two and a half because I, she's like what's my number i'm like i don't know she's like, you need to memorize it in case like what if something happens i'm like well i'm screwed i suppose i remember my parents number that's it yeah you remember and the mine number, sometimes i remember the big numbers from before when i didn't need to remember numbers yeah. anymore it's real. i i i don't know not to, not to get all grandiose about it but like i feel like that's part of the problem with our world right now we have so many options and we're just all numb we don't have to memorize well, anything dude, we're turning into attention. fucking wally people like, oh absolutely it really is true absolutely and i kind of embrace it a little bit because it's fun but I, I can't. Like that's my problem with video games. I I'm a workaholic. And so it's such a passive activity. Yeah. For, for nothing. If I do it for like I found that with uh not even let's go way back. There was a there was a game on my flip phone called <laughs> New York Knights. Okay. Where in the game you moved you're a new guy who moves to New York and you want to be famous. It was ridiculous. And you had to get a job. I, I believe so, yeah. Okay, I like it. I think. Uh, and you have to get a job, and then in the game, you're working the job to earn cash, and then you have to go, go to a bar and hit on a girl. And I played it obsessively for yeah. weeks before realizing, I'm not doing any of this in my real life. I'm uh, single, like, I'm broke. I still play Sims. Every like six months, I'll have like a three-day Sims binge, and then I'll yeah. be like... I'm showering in the game, but not in real yeah. life. I was supposed to go to the gym, because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to you know, get, get in the best shape possible, and I uh, said, I'm going to build a bathroom in Minecraft. And six <laughs> hours later, I had a working bathroom with a working shower yeah. and everything. And I'm like, I, it's too late to go to the gym now. Yeah, dude. Well, it was also like, I remember Skyrim, which was the most amazing experience of all time. But then it got to a point where it was like, oh, no. 
what have I done with my life? Like I have That was spent, my whole December. I've spent fucking hundreds of hours for nothing. Level 60, Enchanter, Vampire, Master Blacksmith. For nothing. Master, for nothing. nothing. Like, it was fun. Where's our prize in the mail? Yeah, I can't. You know what I mean? I dude? get to the point, because I, I want to write, but I, it's hard for me to force myself to. And... Well, I get to the big, point where I feel like I should be doing something else. Let's have this conversation because it's funny, and that's actually a, a kind of. I should have had, had this. No worries, I dude. I thought it was a design in the shirt. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, no, I just you sweat got away for with no it. reason. <laughs> um, a conversation I should have had on this podcast a while ago is like I have been having a, a tough time self motivating lately, man, and I feel like everyone has to a weird extent, and Absolutely. that's why this podcast has lapsed in the last year, and that's why you know I haven't really written much. It's just mm-hmm. like TV. Everything yeah. <laughs> like well, I what article came out recently or study that said that uh, when you're watching television, the same you have the same brain waves as when you're in a light sleep. So we, you really are just kind of we're all just in a little walking. coma. Yeah, yeah. And I ch- and I'm and now I'm like chugging coffee and trying to get out of it. That's my new thing. It's it's hard. I, uh, I I make fun of it all the time, but I do the same thing in L.A. I think Claudia Black and I talked about this. Like in L.A., there's this. This is every conversation. Hey, man, how are you? Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. What do you, dude? We got to get a drink, and then you just have that conversation once a month with yeah. the person, and then twenty years later, you've never done it. Or it's what have you been up to? And you're just like the same fucking thing I told you the last time I saw you. But I, I blame like <laughs> Facebook. I love it, but I blame Facebook, Facebook and yeah. Twitter. And I know what everyone's up to. Like I ran into a girl at the nothing. party last night who I haven't spoken to in probably a year, and we looked at each other. And we're like, "What have you been up? Oh, yeah, you did that thing. Like, okay, uh, well, good seeing you." Like, I don't need to talk to you. I know what you've been doing. Absolutely. That's when people text me and I don't text them back. It's like, get off my back. I see every fucking sandwich yeah. you're eating. Why, like, like, why do we have high school reunions anymore? I know what everyone's child looks like. There's really no reason to go <laughs> to any city and talk after 10 years, you it's know? It's strange, man. Do you find it... Uh, now, how long have you been acting? Professionally, let's say. How long have you been out here? I've, well, television and film, I've been out here for like 10 11 years. So that's enough time to see a change if there is one. Do you definitely notice a change in the industry since you've been doing it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's oh, it's constantly changing. But uh, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, I was talking to somebody recently who moved here like three years ago. And I said, I, God bless you. Because if I was you, I wouldn't still be here. I would have left. I don't even know why, like, why you're doing it. Because when I moved here, it was hard. It was damn near impossible. But you could do like... Uh, networking meetings and meet casting people and you know like uh, you know it was easier to get an agent and start working your way up in commercials it was impossible at the time it seemed but now because I coach actors too and I and I and I have friends who are just starting out you could I don't know how you get an agent how you meet anyone what do you think the difference is um well it's kind of it's probably all based uh, 11 years ago and before Think of uh, the industry like an airport. Okay. New York and LA were the hubs. Everything had to come out of there. You, you, the casting director would send the thing to LA. They would send out the stuff to the people. I mean, hell, when I first moved here, around then, you would have to go to a casting office and pick up the sides for the audition. Um, and nowadays, because of the internet, because the internet, Donald Glover, um, you, you can submit a tape from you know Milwaukee. And if you hear about an audition, I mean, it's hard to get people to watch stuff, but you can just go in headshots. You know, I have 10 more printed headshots right now, and I'll probably never need to use. No one wants them anymore. Yeah. They just want an online of submission. Of course, right? Well, who wants paper? Yeah. Uh, I have anyway. friends right now who are getting, who can't get auditions in LA. 
but they have agents from their home, like, you know, New Orleans, and they've booked four movies and a television show through that agent. Where they live home. Yeah. yeah no, they live here. Okay, but they, they have send to go tapes. They, they to send tapes to New, Orleans, to New Orleans, book all of that yeah, work, yeah. and can't even get an audition here. Like, it's weird. It's almost like L.A. and New York are becoming weirdly obsolete. Do you think... And these, re- like, yeah, well, I mean, Vancouver is now the number one, right? I mean, uh, it was. I think, I think somebody uh, up there. I haven't been there for a bit, but I've been hearing somebody up there screwed up the whole tax credit thing. Oh, really? they're losing. So I think Toronto might be running. the number one now. But regardless, there's there's so many different places now. Do you think a part of that is is why features in general? I, when you came out here, you wanted to be in movies, right? Or did you always like TV? Well, it, I, I'm not one of those people who who differentiated because to me, I, I'll quote my friend Dan Robbins, I just want to make a living doing what I love. I never thought I'd be a star. Totally. I, I mean, I'm still amazed when people hire me. Do you? But I, I see a wave of what used to be quote unquote film actors. Yeah, doing television. Television. It used Every to be, show now yeah. is, is people who used to work in features. And oh, yeah. Now, it used to be, a, well, it used to be dirty. Doing television was like, it was like doing community theater versus doing Broadway. People are like, oh, why are you doing television? Do you think the lack of jobs and features is what is what making everyone run, run to television? That and, honestly, there's some great television. And do you think that's a response to all the great actors from features going to television? No, I think it, it, I think it was just a natural evolution. Like We're, We really are in a golden age of TV, TV we are. right now, as they call and it. And they're shit. Yeah. But there's also some really good stuff. Totally. But I mean, look at it from an acting perspective. When you do a, a, a play... You're doing a whole arc of a character every night, same arc, same arc, which is great, but I think redundant and sometimes can get boring. Film, you're doing a whole arc in an hour and a half, and you never have to revisit that again. Television, depending on how many seasons it goes, you can do a 40 to 100 hour arc of a person's a person. life yeah. and change and things. And it's a challenge and it's fun and the money's decent. And when people are trying to, even the rich people, like the movie stars, are trying to make a living... Like Halle Berry has a pilot this year. Really? Halle Berry. Like a pilot. She's yeah. the star of a new television show. And I mean, first of all, as an actor, it's hard to compete when like Halle Berry is doing television. But I think it's probably half wanting the challenge and you can tell a fun story like Brian Cranston. And also the money's not bad. I'm sure and I'm sure for big A list actors, especially like fucking Oscar winners. Yeah. Even though I don't and, really and it's hard to get people in movies nowadays. Yeah. Uh, to get audience people. You know, like the box office is more more important foreign. I had this is. weird thought about this the other day. So I went when I was home for Thanksgiving. I went to go see Hunger Games too. Yeah, because there was Catching nothing. Fire. There was nothing to do, and I saw it at one of those iPick theaters. I don't know if you know about. Oh, iPic. I heard about this where you can eat and drink and stuff. Yeah, and I pay. It was like a thirty dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. You get like a reclining chair, and like you get food and beer and all this stuff. And I was like, thirty dollars for two hours is equivalent to like a concert. So if, yeah. if we're to now treat going to the movies. As an event, like going to a concert, it kind of makes sense that the emphasis in filmmaking now is event films. Hmm. Who wants to pay 30 bucks to watch a relationship drama? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I understand what you mean, but I think this is where I feel... The spe- I feel like the spectacle... Spect- I feel like the movie industry in general is moving entirely towards spectacle giant Yeah, but I don't like that. Films. Neither do I, but I think it's a response to how fucking expensive it is to go to the movies nowadays. Well, yes and no. Well, first of all, I feel like an old man. Because uh, you a, go to the movies a lot. A lot. I see... And I, I don't. I only go to $200 million plus giant blockbusters. Well, but this is why. Like, There's a certain point in your life where... You're not going to change. You're like, this is me. I'm an old, angry man. And I'm at it. I think I'm at it now. And thankfully for my parents, that was our thing. Like, my whole family, every weekend, we would go see a movie. And so, 
it got to, for me when the when I'm sitting in a movie theater and the lights go down. That's the best feeling in the that's world. That's your safe place. That yeah, my, yeah. my problems fade away and I'm in the movie. So I, I enjoy even bad movies. I'll see on like opening day if there's nothing else to see. Um, and that doesn't happen. And the industry right now in Hollywood, they can make a movie that bombs here in the U.S. that make will do very well dollars. internationally. Yeah. So the focus is no longer on for the most part, doing good product. Never know. It's for, we can make a profit, so just crank it out. And I think it's this Mobius strip. We're making it worse because people are buying into it, and so they're expecting less, and then we'll make less, and then it just keeps getting worse. And luckily, idiocracy happens. luckily, every once in a while, you'll get talented filmmakers who make a really good big movie. Yeah. Like, I like all the Marvel films. I was talking about yeah. someone the other day. Like, I, don't, I couldn't give a shit about the new Batman Superman I'll see it. I'll be. I honest. mean, sure, I'll, I'll see, see it. it. Yeah, I'm not. It's, ex- it's but I'm a never Justice been that guy League movie. Like, I'm not going to wait in line for a night to get a midnight screening. Like uh, I, I did that once for Star. I did it for Star Wars and Lost World. I think. Nice. Well, those are good ones. But to that do. was it. And I was also like 15, 14. That's how you can tell if I like a movie. If I see it twice in theaters, I loved it. I saw Matrix one twice in theaters. I saw Iron Man one twice in theaters. You know, but for the most part, I. For me, it's it is entertainment. There's no reason to wait forever for it. Yeah, but I, I, I'm worried about the industry for that reason. As a fan, I'm worried about it. Well, and especially this. I, I mean, look, I saw Hunger Games too because there was literally this theater had like 12 screens, mm. not a fucking single movie other than that that I even deemed watchable. <laughs> nice. That's how b- shitty your offerings are nowadays. And when I got in the theater, it was just people talking and eating for two hours. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. It, that, like, I would have. It was. I Lost it was, it. but I, it, I was there. Like yeah. I paid for the ticket. I knew what I was getting into, and I was like, "This is the future of going to movies." Unfortunately, I hope not. Where people don't even watch the fucking movies. Because as it, I have a pet peeve. One of my biggest pet peeves in the world. When I'm watching television or movies, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to see a bright light distracting me off to the side. Shut off your damn phone. Don't text. Don't email. Good Just luck, watch dude. The movie. Good luck. Do you know they're now doing? They're doing like the texting sections or the texting screenings. Screw that. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Movie theaters are offering like, here you can text all you want through this screening. Like you can talk through it. Like they're offering different. They're trying it out. The industry is offering screenings where people can act like assholes. Well, then I will never see another movie again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Bullshit. Isn't it, that fucked up? Okay, what is your text that's so important that in the middle of of twelve years a slave you had to text? I'm somebody. at twelve years a slave. Yeah, like that's what they're I, texting. I, I'm really. I joke with my friends that I'm cursed uh, because. Don't see a movie with me because the you worst get bad, stuff always I, happens. I get really bad laughers that oh, drive me I fucking wish. crazy. Dude, I might have told these stories on my podcast. I don't even know. But like, I went and saw Gone in 60 Seconds and the person answered their phone. Answered their ringing phone. i that before, yeah. And I hear behind me, hey, what's up? Yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds. No, it's fine, man. Yeah, the movie's okay. Oh, which part? Uh, They just took the car. I know, right? She's pretty hot. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are That's you awesome. Why? The like, gall of that is kind of awesome. Maybe though. it's me <laughs> because for me, entertainment is to lose yourself in. And nowadays, like people are just constantly texting, playing games. I watched. Oh, what heart, it was a terrible heart. It was like, um, like Silent Hill or something. I saw in theaters. And at the end of the movie, guy in the front row held up his phone bright, bright phone in front of everyone and recorded the last couple of minutes of the movie. Someone did that. I went to go see Thor 2, and I turned to my right, and the lady was recording the post credit stinger on her iPhone. Mm-hmm. And it had been out for like a week, and I was like, is she just recording this for herself? Because it's already have? on YouTube, I'm sure. Yeah, of course <laughs> it was. I had seen it already on YouTube. Uh, I was like, what? 
Are we really at a point where like we have to watch movies through our cell phones? Well, but I'm, I, and that's I, why I don't go to movie theaters, man, because I I get much a much better experience being able to watch a movie at home by myself without people fucking talking. Well, because I have such bad luck, uh, I feel bad for anyone I've ever dated or friends. I will not see a movie <laughs> except the first showing on a Friday when it opens or in the middle of the week first showing. I won't go in past the day. That. You in won't day. go past that. I mean, luckily with my life, I can do that sometimes, but. The less people in a theater, the less opportunity people have to screw it up for everyone. That being said, uh, I go to. I am a member of Cine Family, mm-hmm. uh, a silent movie theater, and that is awesome because those are all people who love fucking movies. But I think that's also different when there's a movie that everyone's probably seen at least once, I, and you're going with the community. Like I love the um, the uh, Cinespia. Uh, those cemetery, the cemetery screenings. screenings. They're fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're watching Interview with the Vampire, shit, and everyone's yeah. drinking wine, and half the half the people are smoking weed, and everyone's totally. laughing and yeah, talking. Yeah. It's Fine. like a clubhouse. That's what Cinema Family is like. But when a me. new movie has come out that I've been looking forward to, and I want to hear what the dialogue is, then just shut the hell up and watch the movie. No, it's you know, man. I can't imagine. Oh God, I'm scared of the future. <laughs> um, but every like, dude, I, we're getting to a place where TV networks don't even matter. No. I if you drive down where I live right now, there are two progressive billboards in a row and one is for an Amazon series and one is for a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. I went in for a pilot um I can't n- really talk about, but it was a month ago for a brand new network or a network that's existed which you would never think has original content um who is trying to rebrand themselves as like the next AMC and the next FX. And when I first heard it, I'm like, "Really? You're going to have a new show? The script was great. I would watch this show." So, it, it, do you remember though, when AMC was just black and white? Oh movies? God, yeah. When I first heard they had television, I'm like, come on. My grandparents used that's what all my grandparents yeah. that and like Turner. Classic, but I mean, I yeah. also remember you know WB UPN when they first came out. I was having that discussion with someone the other day. Like the how WB became CW. Yep. UPN is now well, WBX. Are they? I thought they merged. I thought UPN and WB did, merged to BCW. Did they merge? Because I definitely think there is still an urban network that, taking the place of, of UPN. I'm not. I feel like there's too many FX. I don't understand why FX had to become FXX. FXX. Like what? Hey, it's a bad name. It's a. Te- it's hard to one. say. Uh, it, it's really well. <laughs> yeah. When Networks you, renaming themselves. Trust I used me, to I have watch, experience with that. I grew up watching a lot of Discovery Channel, and now when you watch any of those shows, the bumper during the commercials is the Discovery Family of Networks. Yeah. And there's like 35 fucking TV networks. Oh yeah. I was amazed when I when I booked you know SGU, which was on Sci-Fi, and I went into their offices, and and I looked around. I'm like, wait, USA and 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 like you own all of the NBC Universal, like owns own all sci-fi? of these. Uh, yeah, I, I was really kind of surprised by it, but. That's the weirdness of our of our industry. Now you talked about going out for a pilot, and I know you post about that a lot online. And you're like a very you're an actor's actor, if that makes any sense. What do you mean? I'm curious. Uh, you you just seem to always hmm. You seem to represent actors in a large way to me, in terms of in a very in a very positive in a very positive way. Meaning, like you are a working actor, and and watching you watching you go through it. Is like, oh, okay, yeah, so it's, that's what it must be like to be an actor. Because you recently post about pilot season, then you do yeah. a thing with other actors where you guys get together and read scripts. Yeah, I, um, it's the weirdest thing. It sounds egotistical to talk about it, but I, like, I know a lot of actors who don't practice their craft or train, as it were, and you seem to always be like, yeah, it's what well, I've always life. done. It. I yeah. love it. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, somebody asked me, uh, a good friend of mine in New York who is in theater was like, oh, you people from L.A., all you do is talk about television and movies. And I got really, I was felt bad 
But then it hit me. I'm like, yeah, it's because we love it. And that's um, that's a refreshing, awesome thing. Because I've literally had people on this show. It's like, how'd you get into acting? And they're like, oh, I don't know, dude. I was somebody like, saw my six pack. And they're was, like, here's some money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, it was like I was like doing a thing, and they were like, you want to be in a movie? And I was like, yeah. So then I was like, yeah, I read an article about Paul Walker recently after he died, and somebody was talking about him like he was such a great actor like he actually cared he wasn't just he wasn't just a pretty face and i'm like damn it dude why are there people like that who are just pretty faces it drives me nuts it's like when i accidentally auditioned for softcore porn once <laughs> did you really yeah what's I, that story i i you know you go on to online and you can self-submit yourself for low budget stuff oh, and down. Yeah, yeah there was a um a low budget movie and i submitted myself and they called me in and i didn't know la very well the audition was in chatsworth hey as I should have known. should have been the indication. <laughs> and yeah, I drove yeah. all the way down there, and I showed up to audition, and everyone was gorgeous, men and women. And, like, everyone, like, had their chests out and, like, shirts unbuttoned. And I was just kind of looking around, like, either I'm the least attractive person. This is back when I was really thin and, like, tiny. I was like, I'm the least attractive person here, or I'm in the wrong place. And I walked in and handed them my headshot, and they kind of looked at it and went, so... <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. And they let me audition. And I like we all knew I should have. What been was there. the? Do you remember the audition? Like, no, what were the sides like? like? This is very softcore porny. No, it, it, or no, it tricks you. <laughs> porn reads a lot like a bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know? Hey, how are you doing? Well, I've been really sad lately, John. I have a lot of screenwriter friends who write porn on the side because it pays decent, and you could like churn it out in like a day. If okay, I'm gonna say something on this, which is probably not a good idea because if Please it might be a money making thing. <laughs> I've been debating whether or not there's money to be made in being an acting coach for porn actors. That's a great idea. But I don't know if people I think there care is. enough I to do, do it. Because a lot of them fancy themselves actors. And they're not. Knowing, I, mean, some, I mean, there's a couple who are. And I've had like, a lot of porn stars on the show, and I'm friends with a bunch of porn people. So I, I just know that, yes, there are a lot of porn stars who, after like a year in porn, they're mm -hmm. like, all right, we can do the sex shit. I'm an actor. Now. Yeah. And I've seen, oh, everyone's seen porn, but like I've seen a few where I'm like, oh, this is like, oh, God, nobody wants to see the scenes in between in the first place, but it's hard to watch. That's a great idea. Hard to watch. Yeah. It's a good name for a porn. Hard to watch. That's, hard the, name, to that's watch. the name of the acting company. <laughs> there you go right there. I really, I really, if anyone does it, if anyone steals it from me and becomes a billionaire, I'm going to be pissed. Don't steal it. Just mail, mail it to yourself, man. Uh, Write it down on a piece of paper and mail it to yourself. Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know if there's money to be. I like coaching people because I like getting performances out of others, but... Um, the actor's actor thing to go back to what you're saying I, I, ha I, I have a lot of great friends I have two types of friends the kind who are just starting out who don't, don't really have a, anything in their name yet and then the kinds who are like way more successful than I it'll take me years to get where they are so in this strange way I find when an experience happens to me I don't have anyone to ask for advice from about it so I kind of end up going through it and then my friends come to me and say what did you do and because of that, I think I've kind of gotten to this point where I openly just talk about my experiences, like anything that happens, because either I'm not alone or I just need to vent about it. And I want other people to avoid that mistake. Because, and I mean, let's let's break the misconception, I'm sure. And I'm sure people don't really think it's true, but it's not the most glamorous, fun thing in the no, world. No, I right? mean, it can be. And it can be. I was going to say, yes, absolutely. Th that's the funny... I was I was talking to a friend last night about this. You talked to a lot of people. I talked last to a lot of people. Night. Well, it was a party. Okay. <laughs> there were like thirty people there. Thirty writers, directors, actors, theater producers. Right it was kind yeah, of funny. Yeah. Like I weirdly had all the conversations awesome. we're talking for this about. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. Um, there's this misconception still that like 
if you do a commercial, well, let's not even say commercial. You do one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Because commercial is true, right? If you book a national, you're fucking it depends. good. No, see, that's a misconception I have, I guess. No, it, it is, because it depends. I always seemed, in my when I was doing a lot of commercials, I always booked commercials that were limited run. Okay. Like, I booked, uh, I did a Vi- Verizon Pirates of the Caribbean commercial that only ran I until Pirates opened. It. Okay. Oh, we yeah, shot yeah, on the Black yeah. Pearl. It was awesome. Oh, and I, I met the monkey. It was great. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. The monkey? The monkey. That's awesome. Uh, and they were scared me. They're like, don't look him in the eye. I'm like, why? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> uh, but it only ran until the movie opened, and yeah. then it stopped. So I made some money, but I didn't make enough. I have a friend who bought a house because in a Home Depot commercial, she screwed in a light bulb. I have a friend who, uh, it was years ago. Do you remember that? It was those T-Mobile commercials, mm-hmm. the one with the secret lover. When the, it, oh, went, I don't remember that. it was the guy's girlfriend called or something, and it ran for like two and a half years. Yeah, but you can... Make like, can like make hundred thousand plus dollars on a commercial because you get paid yeah. for shooting it, and then you get paid for every like a little bit for every airing. So if and it, it airs air forever, a billion times yeah. forever, you're good. So yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the best example. Let's say you do one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Okay, yeah, a yeah. small role in Grey's Anatomy. People think that because they saw you on Grey's Anatomy on one episode that you just you're rich now, and you're invited to all the parties, and it just doesn't work that way. Maybe it did back when you were on Matlock, but like not now. If anything, living in LA has been that that wake up call over and over and over oh, again yeah. since I lived here. Like, and I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but like, I mean, for, from people who have been leads of television shows to like one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, like uh, having to drop something off at their house and being like, "Oh no, you, like you live in a little apartment." Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, and I have you a realize, few friends yeah. unnamed who very successful. Who ran into like a, a year or two where they didn't work and had to like downgrade their house, like sell their house and now live in an apartment. Like it's this weird thing, especially nowadays where you you kind of it's harder to get work and you get paid less. But it's not. It can be glamorous. Like that's the funny thing that I always loved. Even like let's say my first recurring, like when I was on Ugly Betty. Yeah. When I booked that, I mean, it you was must great have been money through the fucking roof. Too, oh, absolutely. That show was huge yeah. when you were on it. And honestly, I had I had only done like quick little tiny guest stars or co-stars. Like that was a huge leap forward in my career. But it's not like I re- I was still waiting tables when I first booked Ugly Betty. No, totally. So people, or I think I was bartending at the time. People would come up to me like, "Are you that guy?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Paying rent." Should have just I'm tra- paying rent, practicing for a role. Or my girlfriend <laughs> and, my, and my at the time, we would be invited. I think there was the the young hot in Hollywood party. And I drive up in my 1995 Toyota Camry that with faded paint and like no hubcaps, and I'm like pulling up to valet next to the red carpet, and and I'm like, quick, get out of the car! I don't want anyone to see. We're about to go on the red carpet and be like, look how glamorous they are. And then here's my crappy car right next to it. It's this funny. It's like a, a weird dichotomy of like. Well, there's a weird perception of like if someone is famous, therefore they are rich. Yeah. Which is and some are. I mean, yeah, but, a lot are the cross section, but a lot of them just aren't. There are a lot of famous people who have money, like yeah, n- not like they got into drugs and prostitution. No, yeah. like people who are famous but are just normal people, like yeah, struggling. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, I luckily I I grew up hearing all the stories. You know, like Will Smith made his first million and then went bankrupt like a year later. Like you, you have to be careful because spend it on turntables. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's these moments. There's this time between jobs sometimes. And you don't know how long it's going to be. So you have to be careful. But at the same time, it's ridiculous. I remember I was at an event. A great. I mean, God bless all of these people that I'm talking about. But there was an event when I first started booking work that I was invited to. And they gave me a Blackberry. And I needed it. Like, my phone was a piece of crap. I'm like, you saved my life right now. Whereas other people probably like, uh, another Blackberry. Just throw it out yeah. and give it to someone or like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, totally. it's weird. I love it. 
I love the industry. I love the people in it, the down to earth people who are kind of realized how funny and ridiculous it is. But you, in, in a very positive way, you seem to like acting way more than you like the industry. And I can't say that's true for every actor in the industry. I, you know what I mean? I'm I not think a lot lie of- and say that. Look, the perks are great perks. You know, like when you fly somewhere for publicity and they give you a nice plane ticket and, and they put you up yeah, in a nice yeah, place totally. and, you know, they take you out to dinner. It's not a bad thing. But there is this part of you that kind of goes, I'm not saving lives. I'm, I pretend to be someone else, you know? And it's not even my words. Someone else gives me words to say. Well, that's, that brings up another segue. Now, I have a problem in life where, like, anytime I am watching TV or playing a video game or just, like, hanging out, I go, fuck, you're an asshole. You should be writing. Yeah. Because, I can, you know, I consider myself a writer. What do you do in your downtime between projects? Obviously, you go on auditions and you try to book stuff. But... Is there a certain amount of time where you just chill? And I've always wondered that about actors in general. When they're not on a show and there's that downtime, do you feel like, I don't know how to describe it. Bored? Uh, Yeah, but do you feel like not productive because you're just hanging out all the time? I do because I'm a workaholic and I don't have a family yet. I mean, I I don't have like children um, or a wife. So I would rather be on set than anywhere else. That's what I mean. So when you can't do that, what do you do to fill your time? You kind of, well, if you're not lucky enough to to have enough, at least a security blanket, then you're waiting tables or bartending yeah. or you find, you know, I have friends who were child stars who then lost everything and now like run websites, you know, um, or graphic design or something. Um, but I think if you really love entertainment, you write because you want to create a world or, or, or projects that you want to be in or you produce or whatever. For and that's me, all the shorts and web series yeah. stuff. And that, like, that's so, where they all come from. I yeah. mean, Danny Strong was an actor who was on, you know, Buffy and all these other yeah. things. And he just did a round table, I think, with Hollywood Reporter or Variety where they talk, he talks about he started writing because he, he just needed to be doing just something bored. between auditions. Yeah. It's, a, it's a terrible... I'm not going to complain because I, I love what I do, but the worst part about acting is you're just waiting most of the time. Even when you book a show. Yeah. Being on set and I and Oh, I'm not even talking about that cuz that's great. Like when you're on set and you have a job and you're just talking to the crew and you're hanging out and you're wa- and you're learning, you're yeah. watching a director set up a shot. That's awesome and you're getting paid for See, it. See, you love acting. I go to set and I'm like, how many fucking hours do I have to be here lo- for? Well, it depends, and you again, know. I've never been like above the line or had my own trailer, but it's always just like this is the longest process yeah, in the world. It really <laughs> depends. When you're a regular it's much more fun because it feels like you're hanging out in your house. Yeah, totally. When you're like, you know, I, everyone was fantastic on it, but like Rizzoli and Isles, I just did an episode of, was a good example. They were all great people. And I spent a lot of time just talking to Bruce McGill because I loved him in Time Cop. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> but they called me in because I'm a guest at like eight in the morning and they didn't use me until like five in the afternoon. And when it's not your place, you kind of feel nosy. So I just kind of sat in my trailer playing on my iPad and like playing on Twitter, you know, <laughs> like and I wasn't I, and doing look, anything. It could be much worse, I'm sure. It could be. But I am a I am a very hyperactive person. Yes. And that is the death of me. There's only so much napping you can <laughs> do. Exactly. And I do it all, believe me. But the way I always tell people, any producer, and maybe I'm unusual, I'm like, you you bought me. You own me right now. You can, on SGU, they'd be like, sorry, dude, we called you in at noon. We don't need you until four. I'm like, dude. You you're paying, paying me. for it's, me to be here. It's either yeah, this or yeah, yeah. sit at home and watch television. Um, and you're like, I'm going to do that here and get paid for it. So. But, but I meant more waiting. Like, like let's say today, for example, I just had a, uh, an audition uh, in Santa Monica. Well, I have nothing else on my calendar for the next couple of days. 
So I'm just waiting for a phone call for something to happen to be like, you know, oh, tomorrow you have an audition for yeah. a guest star or a new television show. And I hate it. I, I'm bored. I'm a workaholic. So you immediately, when you don't have something on your horizon, you're, you're just done, right? Uh, what uh, do you, so what do you do to keep yourself busy? Like, what will you do for the next few days now that you don't have anything on your calendar? Well, I'm desperately trying to lose even more weight. And um, So you go to the gym. I go to the gym two hours a day. Um, I talk to friends. I should be writing, but it's hard for me to motivate myself. See, that's the thing. Like, yeah, and those, that's the problem with me, too. It's like, I have nothing to do. I should be fucking... I hate it because yeah. I'm a workaholic and I'm happy to... I'm, I feel... There's a great uh, music teacher who told this in college. She's like, you're not better because you do what you love for a living. You're blessed. And I feel very lucky to have done what I've done. But when you're between gigs, it's maddening. Yeah, I think Jordan Hinson gave me crap about this, that I said it on Twitter or something. The moments, like if I have an audition that day, I'll never be happier. The second the audition is over, it's like this crash. It's a crash. Yeah, it's, like an, it's like a drug, dude. I'm like, yeah, I have nothing yeah. uh, that I have nothing to look forward to. You're right addicted now. to acting. I, it sounds yeah, yeah. ridiculous, but I am. And dude, and, people are addicted to weird shit. That's true. It's not a bad it thing. Be, to it's be. not. Yeah, it could be much worse. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, buddy. I'll, I'll, suck, like, I'll suck your dick for acting. I'll suck your dick for. <laughs> I'll suck your dick for a recurring. <laughs> well, that's I'll suck a, your dick for a walk on. I mean, that's yeah, a, that's yeah, a whole Hollywood story in and of itself. I mean, much less than that. I I should be writing. I do enjoy writing. I just don't. I, I call it like um, uh, like being possessed. I'll have an idea of something I want to write, and then I, I have to get it down. But there's other things that I want to, like I have a pilot that I'm writing, and I can never force myself to write it. It drives me crazy. Whereas I'll have an idea for a short, and I'll write it in a day. It's it's, it's the bigger. It, I wonder what that is psychology wise, because I have that same problem where it's like there are these grand ideas where it's like I could just be doing that now yeah. instead of putting it off forever and doing little bullshit things. But well, for me, it's uh. As a fan, you're probably like this too. As a fan, like there's a sci-fi show that I want to write. I know the beginning episode and I know where it ends in season one. And I see so many television shows get screwed that I don't want to pitch it to anyone until I have the, exactly. the book written. That, but that's the exact place. It's like I, I, I know where I'm at as a writer and I don't want to show anything anything but my best. Yeah. So it's like I'd rather not show anything. And I don't want to give anyone the opportunity to screw it up because I know where it should end. You know, but Maybe that's just a... An inflated thing to say. But it's weird, and it's a weird discussion to have, because I think it is very regional in terms of, like, the epidemic of boredom in this industry. And I know it sounds the most fucking first-worldy white people problems of all time. Yeah, and that's why you can't complain about but it. But it's all relative. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know how many friends I've spoken to recently? Because of Facebook and Twitter and laziness and whatever, I haven't seen them forever, and I miss them all. And I'll text them and be like, what are you doing? I miss your face. They're like, yeah, I miss you too. I've just been sitting in my house for the past couple of days. Yeah, I've been doing nothing. No one's doing yeah, anything. No one's doing anything. Like, I mean, no with the exception of, you know, like Seth and Claire who are like gallivanting around totally. the world yeah, and, yeah. and we want to stow away in their luggage. Most but people are just bored. Most people are just at their houses bored. Yeah. Which is really funny. Like, <laughs> and, But none of us want to reach out because we're like, I must be the only one who's bored and yeah, doing everyone's nothing. everyone's just wallowing. You know what I mean, it's dude? It's really weird. Especially, I think it's seasonal too. Like I noticed, I noticed I got really depressed, and then I was like, "Why?" And then I re the sun was going down at fucking three o'clock yeah, in the that afternoon. Doesn't help. Yeah, well, and that and uh, I, holidays for the sake of the holiday are great. As a workaholic, there the is no shuts work. Down, yeah, it yeah. shuts down weirdly. I don't know who decided this, but like the second week of December yeah, until the get, second week of January, get, like a month and a half off. I hate it. And yeah. if there's and they're no not technically off, they're no. just not answering. Yeah. doing shit or they're with family the well some of them you know they'll go back for christmas like that week but that's it but if there's no possibility of work i'm depressed well dude it's like um geek which i've talked about on this show a lot my graphic novel we uh axel finished the artwork like two weeks ago so we were like oh great we can submit it to companies 
but it's already the second week in November and no one's going to get back to it yeah. until January, so we might as well wait till the new year. It scares me, man, because, you know, you no one warned you when you're young. They say, when you're young, when people, old people always say, like, you know, you get old like that. But no one warns you that time goes faster the older you get. So I remember um, I read somewhere a psychologist said, send emails Monday morning. Because that's the best time to get them. Yeah. Because it's the beginning of the week. So, like, there have been Thursdays where I had something I wanted to say. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till Monday to send it. Of course. And then, like, Monday comes like that. And then there's another week. And then there's a month. And yeah. then... I can't believe it's December yeah, right dude, now. Where the fuck did the last six months go? I have no idea. It yeah. was December yesterday. That's the problem. And it's it's like, all right, well, it's already it's already Wednesday night or it's already Thursday. And they're probably not going to move on it till Monday. So, yeah. I might as well not send. And then you miss it on Monday. And then it's, like, six months later. And you're like, I've played a lot of video games. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And um, so also the, the getting early uh, sooner screws with that all. Because like I was hanging out. I forget where I was. I was at a party, I think, last week. And we were all just exhausted. And we're like, oh, my God. I think it's time to go. What time is it? It was 6. six o'clock. It yeah. was 6 yeah, o'clock. Totally. Last night, dude, I was like, all right. It's been a good night. I, I made like a cocktail. I was like, it's time to relax and get ready to go to bed. Oh, it's 7.15. Yeah. I'm fucked. It's ridiculous. I was asleep by 10 o'clock last night. Like, well, I'm, I'm jealous of that. I, have, I, I never, don't know why I, I have never insomnia. Do that either, man. It's just... Um, 6 o'clock, I'm tired, and I'm like, I should go to bed, and then I finally get into bed like at 10, and I can't fall asleep till 3 in the morning. Do you think... I don't want to go super deep with it, but do you think it's a generational thing, our lack what? of motivation and self-starting? I mean, like a lot of my friends are incredibly talented and work all the time, but there just seems to be a general epidemic of like general epidemic, uh, which is a good good name. I'm stealing that for a comic <laughs> um, of just like uh, there's th the problem is now I, I talk with um, a friend about this a lot. It's like I think I have too many ideas and focusing on one is really tough for me because I, I, I second guess if it's the right thing to put my efforts. Well, into. that's the problem. It, you know what I mean? It's not so much that there's too many. I think it's a mixture of self-doubt and yes. there's too much out there. And why would anyone care about my voice? 100%, dude. You nailed it. Um, yeah. But also, you know, I feel like our, it, our past generations, like our parents, like it was like, I have to go to war. They didn't have a choice. And yeah. I, I, I have to raise my family. Yes. We have options. Yeah. And I think they're ridiculous options. And we're lucky to have these options. But it, it ends up. I don't know. We're in a weird generation. Yeah, dude. I joked about it the other day on Twitter. I think it was Twitter. I said, I'm, I'm scared our generation is going to be called uh, the generation of complaining. Um, criticism or something. I made, I made, I've made this joke a few times. I might have made it on this podcast. But like the weird analogy is Disneyland, when it first opened, was 70% uh, dedicated to Frontierland. Hmm. It was all horses and hmm. wagon trails and Davy Crockett shit. Because in the 50s, that's what little kids were into. Yeah. And then in the 60s, little kids got into outer space during the whole space race. And, and you know, so Frontierland got, like, cut in a third, and they built Tomorrowland. And that became the biggest part mm. of the park. Nowadays, little kids are into cynicism. Like, what is what yeah. is the defining... Are, we don't have those generational touchstones anymore of, like, that was the age of, of, you know, moving on from the past. And then it was the age of the bright promise of tomorrow. And now it's the age of, like, fucking iPhone apps. Well, but that's the, that's the thing. Like, Look, celebrity in general is a strange thing. And I don't claim to be one. But, like, I have friends who are. You know, we both have friends who... Totally, I think yeah, you yeah, can yeah. say that's a celebrity. Absolutely, yeah. It's a weird thing... Because nowadays, celebrity isn't, ooh, it's that person. It's, how can I tear that person down? And I see that not just, you know, everyone always said 15 minutes of fame. Go to YouTube and look at any comment section. You will hate humanity it's by the, the end of it. It's the most horrific thing in the world. It's, yeah. I, I was just listening to a comedian on the way here who said, like, 
I went on to the most. I went on to like a fifteen second clip of someone juggling anything, and the most racist, hateful comments underneath. Every single video on YouTube has the N word yeah. in the comment section, and you know it's just true with Twitter. You know, like if you have a, a, a couple of followers, without fail. One in every twenty tweets will have something hateful, but that's and that's only now in the age of social media. I would imagine, let, let's say yes, like uh, every time I pick an arbitrary fucking celebrity, uh, what's the lady from Bridesmaids? Um, Melissa McCarthy. Every time Melissa McCarthy tweets, let's say five percent of the reactions are just people trolling and cursing yeah. her out. Back in the day when, when, let's say, Melissa McCarthy was famous 10 years ago, people on the street wouldn't scream horrible no. shit at her. No. It's that mask of anonymity that suddenly yeah. everyone was like, fuck you because I know you. Exactly. And and <laughs> because, you know, um, I, I think I've talked about it before, but when I got mugged, I got mugged uh, in Hollywood. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, season two, Ugly Betty Party, I was leaving, and I uh, right on Melrose and La Brea, got mugged leaving El Guapo at 11 o'clock on a Friday. Oh, uh, a gunpoint with my girlfriend at the time. And I, and this is, you know, I wasn't a public figure in my mind. I was just a You're just douchey a dude, actor yeah. who lo- was lucky enough to book a job. And uh, I came home and immediately put it on my public MySpace, this blog about how I had been mugged. Oh, did it get picked up by... I woke up the next morning. It was on uh, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, The Insider. And I'll never forget the one comment someone had, which really bothered me. It said... Because I, I said it was right before Christmas, and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have credit cards. I don't know what to do. Family, so, you know, guys, if you don't hear from me, it's just because I'm trying to get all my stuff yeah. together. And somebody said, you're a recurring on a hit television show. I'm sure you'll have plenty of money to eat this week, fatty. <laughs> and I, it really hurt Sorry me. Sorry for laughing. No, just, that horrific it, yeah. shit is always... Just... It hurt me. And then my girlfriend at the time was like, do you realize the person who wrote this hates their life? probably can't leave their house and is sitting at their computer all day and they have not like this just makes them feel better i remember that was a rarity back then and now it feels like a lot of the internet there's some great people well there's a great internet is that ken plume who does work with this network and and has his own podcast said to me early on when i started doing bagged and boarded uh Mm -hmm. like five years ago i was like i don't get it man like yeah it was it's been a while i should have a lot more episodes (laughs) in my folks um i was like uh i don't get it like i don't I know that a lot of people are listening because I see the numbers, but there are no comments. Mm. And he was like, dude, people only comment when they have something shitty to say mm. on the internet. Do you know what I mean? I actually have that problem with my podcast, which I love doing. Um, so many friends and, and people I don't know would come up to me and be like, I love your podcast. As far as I know, only my parents No one listens to it, right? Because well, like Adam Green has has the the oh shoot, I'm forgetting the name of the crypt or whatever. Sorry. Does Adam, Adam Green have a podcast? Yeah, I on Nation as well. Okay, yeah. Um, and his people are very interactive. They comment, they leave stuff, they all this. And I'm, I, no one does on mine. Bagged and boarded fans are great, but there's a, and, and everyone's been super supportive and, and amazing over the years. But there's, for anything in this kind of media, like look at it, right now we're just talking into microphones, dude. Yeah. It is a weird throwing it into the ether type yeah. feeling when you're suddenly just like, all right, internet, here you go. And I don't, I don't even bother to check the numbers anymore because I, you know what I mean. It's just that that's was how I, that's how I feel about the podcast. It's, I do a lot of voiceover stuff and voiceover auditioning nowadays because of technology. You record in your house and you send it in, and it feels like you're just yelling into the ether until unless you book something and you're like, oh, someone you're just heard cra- that. You're a crazy person until yeah. it becomes a thing. And to me, I yes. I wanted to do the podcast, my podcast, because I have friends with cool stories. And I wanted them to tell it. 
But I would be sitting there in a studio and we'd be having this conversation and I'm like, I'm going to put it out there and I hope someone heard it. Tell us a little about about your podcast, where they can find it, what it's about. Uh, it's on geeknation.com. Uh, now it's on iTunes as well. Yay. Um, I started it kind of like you seem to have, where I wanted it to kind of be open-ended, like sometimes interviews, sometimes fun stories. I had the plan of doing like a radio play at some point with, with did, my voiceover friends. Yeah. You did? I did. I recorded... Um, the, the entire first issue of uh, it, it's X Men Deadly Genesis. I took an X Men comic and mm-hmm. did all of the parts myself, and then edited in sound effects and music and That's all that. Awesome! It's like a thirty minute. And now it's your voiceover. It's demo. a thirty minute. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, I actually thought because uh, I've been trying to get into voice acting recently, and I went through it, and I was like, no, nah, I can't use this. It's kind of racist. Oh, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of like different ethnic. I, like I do Storm and Sunfire. I do like women characters and. Dude, I I accidentally fun, did a very unintentionally racist voiceover audition once. Did so you really? Yeah. How the heck? What was that like? Oh uh, God, this is going to be like my my nail in my coffin. Go for um, it. Man. No, I you know as a voiceover actor you get all usually you have your generic thing you know of what you are, but then there's random stuff. Oh, I audition to be a pig, and totally. I audition to be. You know, uh, I, I'm doing a. I just did a cartoon for Nickelodeon that's coming out where I play like a larva. Oh, nice! So you never know. But one day, that's I the got- stuff I would want to get. I remember meeting. I was taking UCB sketch classes, and everyone was like introducing themselves. And one dude was like, "I'm a voice actor," and mm-hmm. I had never. I was living. I was still living in New York. I was like 20, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude, that's amazing!" Yeah. Like, what have you been in? And he was like, "Oh, you know, like like Geico commercials and like just like spots on the radio." And I was like, "Oh, do you mostly do like?" your voice kind of he was like yeah i do like announcer spots and i was like oh i wanted to meet someone who plays like a nazi rac- raccoon yeah or like there's different a- types it's funny. alien skateboarder i i've always wanted to do voiceover but i only got into it like five years ago six years ago um and a lot of my stuff i do audition for radio ads and i actually have one i think on the air right now maybe where so you do stuff for your voice but you're just a very hu- little you're just a human talking you don't very you do a lot of characters. most of stuff. my stuff is characters that's the cool and stuff. i had yuri lowenthal and tara platt on, on who've my been podcast. on who've been on this podcast as well and i d- we had met at parties and we were friends but i didn't know his work or her work so i looked him up on imdb and it's like 450 yeah. credits and most of them are a variation of his voice like it's not like crazy for the most character. part that being said yuri did a thing on my podcast which was incredible he does voice matching for actors oh yes yeah. oh yes yeah. he uh i don't want to do it because it's incredibly racist but if i try it but he did voice matching for green hornet playing the kato character yeah mm-hmm Yuri can do an impeccable, like, Mandarin Chinese accent. Yeah, he's got a crazy good accent. It's, yeah. It was insane. You know Voice what I mean? matching always trips me out because I've, I've been up for a lot. Of, it's funny to me. Uh, I, I've been up for a lot of British stuff, voice matching. Really? And I used to do a lot of dialects. Do you have a good British accent? Apparently. I don't know. I, I, I used to do a lot of dialects, like, in college for theater. Um, but it's been years. And somehow now I'm always going in for voice matching of British actors. I had to do a, an audition to voice match for a radio spot. Am I allowed to talk about it? Sure. I didn't book it. Uh, for like One Direction. Really? Yeah. And I'm like. Were you supposed to be one of the kids? Yes. Where like just to fill in a word that was missing or something. That's awesome. Whereas I'm like TV and film. They would never call me in to be a British <laughs> guy ever. But on voiceover, I'm the British guy. It's that's really so cool. weird. But that's cool though, too. It's do weird. You, do you like voice acting? I, I'm newer to it. Yeah, voiceover is harder to get into. So you could be like television and film. You just need a break. Whereas voiceover, it's like three years of auditioning before you start getting work. Or even people who work all the time. Even our friends who have 500 credits on their IMDb's mm-hmm. audition every day for yeah. Like all oh, they the, do is hustle. Sometimes I'll have like four or five voiceover auditions in a day. Yeah. Um, 
and sometimes it'll be like two weeks between. I honestly think voiceover is the only thing that's kept me sane in between gigs, really? acting wise, like uh, TV film acting wise, because just being able to have those at least I have an audition. Preparing for you know? it, yeah. I mean, sure, it comes to a point sometimes where you're like sitting in your pajamas and you're like, I just want to go out with my friends. I got to quickly record this voiceover, and like that's the one you book, not the one you spent like an hour and a half working on. I, I love it, but I only recently, like, I did a radio spot with a television commercial I had done years ago, but I only recently started booking just voice voice actor work. stuff. I booked like four in the past six oh, months. Oh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And I, I'm amazed by it because I, f- I felt like they were never going to hire me. Well, how is that audition process versus a traditional audition process? Completely different because... Because you don't have the in-the-room Yeah, I mean, nervousness, very right? little do you actually go in and go into a booth and audition, um, at least in my experience. Most of my stuff is me in my bedroom with my mic stand recording and the last thing that you ever want to do is give an actor control over his audition because you're just <laughs> yeah. doing like 30 takes I'm and sure you know 30. oh i didn't yeah, like the yeah. way my voice did that um it feels like you're just doing it for yourself and, and after a couple of years you just feel like you're wasting everyone's time um <laughs> and then the first one that i booked you know having done television and film i showed up and i w- and i had no idea what i was doing I didn't even know, like, wh- where do I stand? Wh- what headphones do I put yeah, on? Yeah, totally. Should I leave one off? Like, I didn't know, but you have to kind of pretend that you do. Fake it till you make Did it. Did you leave one off? No, I didn't. Well, I think the first one that I booked was... Are you supposed to leave one off so you can hear the director's Some pe- notes? A, that's one of those things that like, depends they talk on people. into the Well, headphones? some people leave one off because if you can hear yourself... Okay. As opposed to through a sound system. That makes it sense. Can, but it's going to be recorded the same way it's sounding through the sound system. But you hear it differently through your, your cans than you do you with do. one-off. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think the first voiceover that I legitimately booked was World of Warcraft, um, where I played two insect characters in the last expansion. Nice. And I showed up, and it, I wore the wrong thing, and I was sweating my ass off. What do you mean you wore the wrong... Oh, okay. I was. I wore like a sweater. And okay. like I was <laughs> dying. I was just sweating. And I didn't realize how active it would be. Like I thought you dressed up like one of the bugs. <laughs> yeah, I dressed were, up like they, an insect. They're like, you know what? <laughs> we, we appreciate the effort, but... <laughs> it's it's weird. It's it's fun. Because there's not... It, the best thing about it is you don't have to worry about how you look. That's And that's, to me, on the most surface level, it seems like the difference would be like, if you don't get a voice acting audition, you're like, all right, they didn't like my voice. If you don't get an audition for like a live action role, you're like, they think I'm ugly. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> dude. Ugh, I was just complaining about this the other day. I had an audition today that the description was... I saw you tweet about it. Yeah. Uh, attractive, but not too attractive. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks for. Not only did someone. Sub- this happened to me when I was rounder, but um, I had just started losing weight and I, I had an audition for fat. Chris Farley fat is what it said. Wow. And I went in and I was really mad at my commercial agent or whoever it was. I was like, how dare you submit me for this? I'm not that big. And then I got a call back. So I'm like, that's even worse. <laughs> Somebody saw me and went, yes, perfect. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. <laughs> this industry, was that what motivated you to lose weight? Was someone being like... No, I wanted to. I mean, I, I've yo-yoed my whole life. When I moved to LA, I was like model skinny. Um, and then I, I, I've always yo-yoed, but I, I gained weight for Ugly Betty and just started working. I just wanted to survive. Do they want you to gain weight for that role? Yeah, they are. Uh, supposed to be like chubby? Most of the other people auditioning were bigger, and they straight up told me like, we love you for this role, but you're too thin. That's got to be the shittiest body mod an actor can make. Because there's like, weight? But g- just gaining weight that you're then going to have to take off. Do you know well, what I mean? At the time, I wasn't. I was waiting tables and screw so it. You were like, like I'm not taking me. it off. Yeah, 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 like I, I just and luckily I had a month, so I just started eating a lot. But um, and then I started working a lot, heavy. I wasn't until SGU 
I had wanted to lose weight because my life was crap. I was enjoying, I mean, living my life having worked was great, but like I had no energy to go out. You just felt unhealthy. You know, I was with my girlfriend at the time and like she wanted to explore the city and I'm like, I'm tired. You know, let's just watch television. We can explore the Netflix. Yeah. It probably wasn't even out then. It really, it didn't make my life feel better. And you know, like I, when I first moved up to Canada to shoot SGU, I was having random chest pains. Really? And they they checked it out, and they're like, "There's nothing wrong with you." But I was like, "This is not. I don't want to die in five years." No, totally. Yeah, and I like working out. It's fun. That's cool, man. But you know, unfortunately, when you change yourself in this industry, people get mad. What is the short term goal for you, sir? Oof, that's hard. I would love to get another series, but I think that's everyone wants to. Um, I want to do it because, as much as I love, you know, a friend of mine said it this way. Um, how do you say it? He said, "I want to." I'm tired of visiting someone else's house. I want, I want to, you know, make sense. Yeah. I love guest starring in shows. Um, and I, I, I hope there's more guest stars coming, but I want to like have the camaraderie of an ensemble cast and, and a character that I can change and watch grow. I would imagine it would be like being on a sports team. Yeah. Which Abe was in high school a couple of times. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like that kind of like family feeling of, or even you know just, I mean? you know, I want to stop transferring schools. I want to stay. Yeah, that makes school. sense, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to have a series. I would love to, I just want to work, you know, I just, I, I do not want a day off. Good I just sure. want to keep working. So now, you, my short term goal is to keep working. And you worked recently. Tell us a little bit about the film you were just involved with. Uh, it's called, well, tentatively, it's called The Concessionaires Must Die. Okay. Uh, it's directed by America Young, who is a prolific voiceover actress. Um, and uh, it's this, it's a kind of a ragtag group of people who work at a movie theater who are into nerdy stuff, comics and movies and whatever. Oh, that's awesome. My character is essentially me into television and movies. And uh, then the theater is going to get shut down. So it's about them trying to save the theater. And it was it's a lot of fun. It was just kind of us in Fresno shooting, shooting for two in weeks. Shooting in a movie theater? In a, in a giant, huge, beautiful movie theater. It was a really cool, cool old one? It was like Pantages. Oh, that's like amazing. Like twice the size. That's awesome. Dude. It's huge. Did you guys um, watch movies? No. Like, we we were pretty busy because it was okay. only a two-week shoot. <laughs> that makes sense. And we were in Fresno, which no offense if you live in Fresno. <laughs> no, we were busy making a movie. We were busy making it. And I always, I don't know. I, I always I, I was lucky enough to work with people who I really respect most of my career. And um when I was like number one on the call sheet for the movie, I kind of felt like I had to do my best. So like every every off second I was learning my lines for the next scene because I didn't want to so screw up super, the scene. You were in movie mode, yeah. Which yeah. is bad because you should hang out with people and have fun. But I, I I always put on pressure on myself that I'd I think it's Catherine Hepburn or maybe Meryl Streep who said like every time I work, I'm waiting for someone to come up to me and tell me Oh God, I'm sorry. We shouldn't have hired you. Like we totally just waiting to get fired the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I always feel that way. So also, there's not much fun to be had in Fresno. I'm sure, unless you're <laughs> into hookers right? or meth. It was. I had <laughs> never been to Fresno, but uh, it's, it's rough and tumble, man. It's a city. I got yelled at by a hooker one night. How'd you get yelled at by a that hooker? That sounds scandalous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please keep outing yourself. Man. I was driving home from the theater and uh, to the hotel, and there was a car in front of me. And I was driving really slowly, so I was just like patiently waiting for it. And it turned into the same parking lot that I was going. So I turned behind them. And then they eventually pulled off to the side. I passed them and started getting my stuff out of my car. And this car pulls up and goes... Oh, you scared us. I was like, what? They're like, we thought you was a cop. And they drove Oh, that's up. awesome. They thought you were trailing behind they them. I was to, about to arrest, to arrest them. them. Yeah. You should have been like, well, I am. I, well, no, because then they saw me what hotel room I went into. <laughs> it was, uh, there were a lot of hookers in front of our hotel who like, I saw they you heard, get picked they up. They heard a big Hollywood movie was in town, man. No, I think that's just where they live. It, I, in the span <laughs> of, 
And look, nothing against you, Fresno. Just, uh, we appreciate you you letting us be there. I'm not making fun of you as a city, just the experiences that I had. It was just, just the hooker stuff. hotel you have. Yeah. In the span of five minutes, I had forgotten a pair of pants that I needed to shoot with. And I drove back to the hotel and I saw a guy take a poop behind a dumpster and a hooker get picked up. Nice. And I was like, That's... by the same guy? No. That would have been great. That. Yeah. If he was like re- getting himself ready. Yeah. Like you know that, what I mean? that was his thing. He, he likes to feel light before, got, before got, a hooker session. He doesn't want to so feel gross. weighed down. I, um, but I, I'm weird that way. I, I seem to attract, like I said, with movies, uh, strange experiences. That's awesome. You know, what's, was, your, what's your strangest experience? My strangest experience yes, on a set. What is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on a set? On a set? Yeah. Oh God, that's hard. It's strange things happen to me all the time. Other than seeing someone shit behind a dumpster. No, that like was, I that was getting to set though. I. Uh, that's oh on set though that's hard for me to actually think of because weird stuff happens to me all the time uh i don't know how much happens on set though so just give me a weird thing a weird uh, well i'm also thing. really good at swallowing my foot i i like to believe that i'm a nice guy but sometimes apparently i, I swallow you my foot literally meant swallowing your foot no like on set ah. like you do like a party trick where everyone all the grips and shit i could like, go up to my knee man <laughs> yeah they gather around they're like hey blue's gonna swallow his foot again um uh, no there's an actor though that like freezes flies you hear about this you can freeze yeah a fly, and then ties a string ties to a string it. to yeah. it and then puts the notes on them yeah, and then, yeah did yeah. you see that documentary i have i love yeah, that it's super cool um but uh, I, I have this terrible tendency to just embarrass myself, and I always have to apologize afterwards. But I was at a commercial audition years ago, and there were these two guys there complaining about Screen Actors Guild. And I wasn't a member at the time, but I was in AFTRA, the other Actors Guild. Yeah. And um, after like an hour of waiting, I just wanted to be part of the conversation. <laughs> so eventually I'm like, yeah, you know, but that's I, – after I did an AFTRA job that like I'm still waiting for a residual. It's been a month. What the hell? Like blah, blah, blah. After this, after that. And the guy turns to me and he goes, how you doing, man? Uh, Ken Howard, president of AFTRA. That's awesome. Like, I do that all the time. I always manage to embarrass That's myself. That's amazing. I'm try- now I'm trying to think of like something I got, you, I got you stumped, man. That's a pretty good one, though. Talking I mean, shit about AFTRA to the president of to AFTRA. To the president. Yeah, and it never fails. Why were they like at that. an audition? I, hey, you that know. That doesn't make any sense. It's the, it's the, that, there's that concept, pre- preconception, though. Like, when I first moved back from Canada... I've never looked down on commercials. It's it's not like the old days where you hold up a Motrin and you're like, Motrin, red, helpful. They're little scenes. No, totally. They're like short films. Some of them are insane. Yeah. And I mean, I don't go out for as many as I used to because it's not like this necessary drive. But I'll st- I still audition for commercials now. And I went in for one shortly after moving back. And this girl in the audience, in the audience, in the uh, <laughs> waiting be, room. Wouldn't that be a lot of pressure uh, on you? <laughs> in front of a whole group of people. Yeah. But a girl in the, in the waiting room came up to me and was like, oh, my God, I love you on SGU. I was like, thanks so much. And she's kind of said, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I'm an actor. I act for a living. I'm working. I'm trying to work. And people just kind of have that. Why? They, like I've seen you on TV once. Why would you yeah. do anything but living at your Malibu estate? Yeah, and it was weird for another actor to be saying it too. You're like, "Are you new? This is not how it works. <laughs> we all need to make a living." You know, that's awesome, man. You can't judge what you do. You just have to follow what makes you happy and and understand we're all trying to make a living out here. You know, it sounds like you're genuinely doing what makes you happy, and that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, how about you? Does knowing what you love make you happy, or is the pursuit of it make you depressed? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, exactly. probably, probably a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> um, so where can people find you online, dude? Uh, uh, well, I'm about to get arrested. With you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, they're, they're coming for you. The, uh, the, hooker, the hooker turns out was an undercover cop. Oh, God. She was baiting you. Oh, God, hookers. Uh, you can find me. You can find my podcast on Geek Nation or on iTunes. It's called it Out of the it? Blue. There you go. Very clever. Um, hopefully with new episodes coming soon, as soon as I get off my butt. 
Uh, I am on Twitter at David Blue. Uh, I my Facebook fan page I think is official David Blue, and uh, my website is david-blue.com where I'll post whatever the hell I'm up to. I wish your Facebook fan page was unofficial David Blue. That'd be cool. And you were just like a rebel. I don't know why there's so many other David Blues like. DavidBlue.com is a dude who organizes fishing trips, and I wish I could get the site from him. And DavidBlue.org is a DJ. Someone's been sitting on CamelToe.com for like nine years. and it's Why do I have a feeling that it's a certain kind of it's website? Nothing. It's not? It's nothing. It's just parked. And I don't really? know if he did it in response to me. Like, it just kind of pisses me off. And I've contacted the dude. He lives in Lafayette, Louisiana. What does he say? Nothing. I've never gotten a response back. I was like, I want the fucking website, bro. Some people do really good. Like Ming Na, when she first joined Twitter, she didn't. Ha- someone had her name. She was able to get it from them. I don't know how. She paid for it. Probably. You think? Yeah, that happens a lot. There's an entire mm. nasty underbelly of the internet of squatting on domains and yeah. Twitter names and stuff. Well, somebody did that with uh, 20th Century Fox. I hear when the the year change was coming, they went and bought like 21st Century Fox, That's 21 genius. Fox. It's genius. Like it's not illegal, it's just kind of dicky to hold people's names. I hostage. think it's screwed up to do it with with um actors names because like I, I heard that happen with some other the Stargate people before us, where as soon as the show was announced, people would buy their domain. I was like, "That come on!" Like, yeah, and then park, and then try to make you buy them from them. It's that's just, such crap. It's super shitty, but like, uh, that that's our world right it's, now. It's it's just a small microcosm of how shitty the rest of the internet is. But this part of the internet isn't shitty. And but I wanna, we love you guys. Yeah, I want to thank you all for being here, uh, David. It was great chatting with you. Thank dude. you for having me. It was have, fun. Have you back soon? Uh, and speaking of soon, there will be more of this podcast. I'm like motivated now, guys. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I am not taking bong hits till like four in the afternoon. We're good. We got it. Uh, so tuned in next week for another edition of Begged and Boarded. And on that note, I just, I can't remember my own fucking outro. That's how little I, do I my can't podcast. come up with one. It's driving me crazy. Wait, what is, what is, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been Begged and Boarded. It's been real. What? You like it? Nice. All right. Bye, guys. Bagged and boarded. Matt and Jesse watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies. Bagged and boarded, it's a way in life. Tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your hoe, tell your wife. Coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pot for your sexy faces. These are two free kids you want to bone. In the secret podcast bunker all alone On the internet we be the top crooks We got issues and we don't need funny books Homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chillin' Me and JR we got the top billing Sit down, relax, and yo, and we'll take a seat Get ready for the top podcast, you all agree I can spit loud, but I can spit faster I'm Matt Cohen, I'm the Geek Master we got everything you could possibly want in it An hour of us and a Brento minute I'm a little laid back and he's making a maniacal Could we just talking shit? Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking that Jimmy Moore Been listening from Alabama, fucking with a Singapore just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion At each other's throats on the green on nothing Quick stop at night to the storm like a typhoon It's not right, it's wrong, it's taking lots of bonkers We're teaching every show, everyone celebrates Cause we got comics, movies, and a little penetration I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit We're not quite right, our thoughts are distorted So now we present to you another bag and boarded Bag them boarded, bag them 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 boarded Yeah! This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.